always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's He who controls the past controls the future He who controls the present controls the past Right. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Nobody's News. Uh, first and foremost, I apologize that there was no episode yesterday. Uh, right at the umpteenth hour, my guest canceled. Uh, second time that's happened this year, and I was pretty frosty about it because uh, it left me in a lurch with no show prepared and nothing to record. But, <clears throat> oh well, um, they did push to next week. Um, it was our, our big guest we were talking about. So, you know, again, don't want to announce them because... Uh, it's very hard to pin them down. We've tried to pin them down for a while, but hopefully next week we'll have them. Um, I've got some stories set aside that I was going to cover yesterday that we're going to cover with them. Um, but good news. Tomorrow we do have confirmed uh, Natalie Natalie being, no, Natalie Jean Beisner. Uh, pretty big, like 70K uh, followers on Twitter. A big person was an actor in L.A. and now is you know, on the right wing, very religious. So uh, we may have some disagreements there, but um, we're going to talk about kind of the red pill stuff and uh, kind of her issues with it, my issues with it, maybe the positives of some things, you know, uh, some of the issues that feminism has created. So should be a good conversation and uh, maybe we'll get into some news stories. Uh, but yeah, that, that is the plan as far as today goes. Uh, just got a great Great episode planned for you. Got a lot of good stories. Um, we're not going to cover today the the Gemini AI story. I'm sure you, if you're on Twitter or whatever, you've seen this story where Google's new AI, people type in, show me a German farmer from 1942. And it's, you know, a black guy, an Asian woman, uh, you know, transgender person. So um, Lots to cover there, but uh, there's some breaking news on that. Google's coming out and apologizing. So I wanted to wait and I wanted to do a little deep dive on that and like look at some of the the images that are coming out, test it out myself. Um, so we're not going to cover that today, but we will get to it um, just so you, you are aware. Um, also, real quick at the top, uh, speaking about Twitter, go to my Twitter at uh, author Alex Oaks. Um, helps us grow, helps us have a backup platform. We put the show up there and also helps us get uh, more guests, the more reach we have on there. But, uh, well, I called it Twitter X. But also our book, The Sane Citizen's Political Handbook. It is available everywhere you get books. Uh, Barnes & Noble, paperback and ebook, as well as Amazon, paperback and ebook. And I just got this today from the publisher. Um so congratulations, the Saint Citizens Political Handbook will be sent to distributors shortly. This is for the audiobook. So within two to four weeks, we should see the audiobook on Audible and Spotify and everywhere. So um, very exciting stuff. If you prefer the audiobook, go check that out. We, uh, we had it professionally done. Um, it's kind of ironic. It's a British dude who is who records it. But ironically, all of the Americans didn't have the balls 
the balls to record it. They they would get about three chapters in, and then they would say, oh, I can't talk about transgender stuff. I, I can't get into this. I can't get into to gay marriage or whatnot. And uh, it was just too taboo for them. So uh, we actually ended up having to go with the Brit because the Brit was the only one who's like, hey, I agree with these values. I agree with liberty, and I may be British, but I'm all in. But he did an absolutely great job, and um, I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out. So if you like audiobooks, check it out. They'll, I'm sure, be a retail sample. But if you have Audible or Spotify, uh, you could probably listen to it for free. Um, so just something to keep in mind. Um, other than that, uh, I don't think I have any more, any more plugs, um, other than I guess go to, if you, if you listen to the show on Spotify or iTunes, go to our YouTube, nobody's news, support us there. YouTube's by far our biggest platform. Uh, we're working on getting rumble up. And then if you're watching this on YouTube, go and, uh, just subscribe to our Spotify, or if you use iTunes, whatever you use to listen to audio podcasts, not only does it give you a backup if we get banned here, which, you know, we've already been restricted, restricted a couple times. We've gotten strikes. So we're already, you know, on thin ice with YouTube gives you another outlet and also just helps our across platform numbers, which is important when you're looking at getting guests or getting into like a, a turning point USA ambassador program, any of those things, it just helps build the show. Um, but anyway, uh, first story I wanted to discuss here, um, kind of a, a less serious story, but, um, just a funny thing about our culture. Um, well, we'll tie into something funny about our culture. So the Washington post, would you weigh yourself before boarding a plane? Uh, this airline is trying it. So, uh, London, Weighing yourself can be an uncomfortable experience for many people. Would you do it at the airport? Finland's national airline carrier, Finnair, is asking its passengers to step on scales along with their carry-on luggage to record their weights at the departure gate as part of an effort to improve airplane balance calculations. This program, it said in a statement, is voluntary and anonymous. In an attempt to collect more accurate passenger data and prevent the aircraft from exceeding a set maxim maximum weight to ensure a safe takeoff. This is part of a growing trend among airlines which are deploying this strategy to ensure a plane's total weight is accurate. While the height of the aircraft, its fuel, cargo, water tanks, and catering are known, airlines want to better pin down the variable weight of passengers and their carry-on bags on individual flights. Now, what I thought was interesting about this is... I bet that it's a complete non-issue to all of the the European, Western European, Finnish passengers. I bet that they all participate. I bet that they have no problems with it because the rest of the world may be more stupid than the U.S. in many different ways. But at least there's one thing that they recognize. Being fat does not make you a victim. It does not make you part of a, a special privileged class. It does not make you, you know, uh, an intersectional person. Uh, you're just fat. And weight is a real thing. And airplane function is a real thing. And I guarantee you, there's zero issues. All the Finnish people do it. Um, which is interesting when you compare that with Americans. Can you imagine if we try to do this with Americans? Uh, well, you don't have to imagine. So let's see. This is a story from the New York Post from a while ago. Um, let's see. I switched airplane seats. Plus size travel travelers called me fat phobic. A teenage travel traveler has claimed she was dubbed fat phobic after requesting to switch plane seats because she was sandwiched between two plus size passengers. She essentially told me that I had embarrassed her and the other man, an anonymous 19 year old who goes by throw away on a plane Poster recounted in a viral post on the ever-popular Reddit forum, Am I the A-Hole? 
The awkward incident reportedly occurred while the teen was on a flight from Las Vegas to New York. My assigned seat was a middle seat, and both people next to me were plus size, she explained. I wouldn't have any problem with this in any other situation, but plain seats are terribly small, and neither of my neighbors were able to fit comfortably into their seats. She said her seatmates seemingly spilled into her chair with their thighs and shoulders on top of her, which was especially uncomfortable given that the that it was allegedly a very long flight. Um, let's see. About an hour in, the sandwich traveler decided to take action. I walked up to the flight attendant, explained the situation as privately and gently as I could, and I asked if there were any other seats available, the teen recalled. She managed to find a seat a few rows behind me that I could sit in. Getting my bag from under the seat in front of me and moving was pretty awkward, but the rest of the flight went fine, she added. Um, so, let's see. The, the guy said he was embarrassed and caused a stink about it. But uh, I think this is a perfectly reasonable ask. Like, look, I'm a big dude. I used to play football. I was a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. I still, I may have a gut, but I lift a ton of weights. Like, I'm a big dude. It is, I don't fit properly in airplane seats. I get it. But also, I will move to the middle if it makes people more comfortable. You know, like, my, you know, if my shoulders are bumping into them. I'll try and make myself small because I understand it's not really fair to them. But I also understand I'm not nearly big enough to buy two seats or anything like that. Um, so I think it's a perfectly reasonable ask. But more than that, can you imagine being the man embarrassed by that? Like, how low is your testosterone to where a chick says, you're too fat, you're you're bothering me. You're, you're crawling over into my space and you're going to make a stink about that and get embarrassed. It is, you know, we talk about fat phobia. This, <laughs> this is fat privilege to be sitting there and to not recognize that you were the problem here, not her. She's a regular sized person who bought a regular size seat. You should have bought two seats. So that's on you. If you can't fit, I can at least make myself fit in seats. If they can't make themselves fit, they're too fat. Sorry, them's the brakes. That's not that's not our problem. That's not society's problem. But anyway, I this has sent me down a rabbit hole seeing this, and uh, I just wanted to make fun of the fatties here. And I could say that because I'm a person of weight. Um, and I, I found this video, and it was pretty funny. I wanted to watch a little bit of it. So apparently, airline seating is fat. This is the difference between Americans and because they have to ask for finish. <laughs> and if at any point during a flight you experience any level of discomfort, it's because of bigotry and discrimination. Things I will never do again as a plus-size traveler: being scared to ask for a seatbelt extender and sacrificing my comfort. With a middle seat on a plane, they are the worst for plus-size travelers. Try to make myself as small See, as possible. See right there. I'm not trying to be mean, but she's taking up more than half that other seat because, yeah, her shoulder goes halfway through to there. But down here, you know that there's more that extends. She takes up two seats. I'm sorry, but you have to buy two seats. If this is my seat, what am I supposed to do? I don't have a seat. You've taken my seat. Even though I'm a paying customer, sit in a seat where the armrests don't raise and leave with bruises from the seat. Step myself into the tiny airplane bathroom. How's that our fault? Laughing off the comments that are actually rude about being a plus-size traveler, not bringing my own towel, and only being able to cover a third of my body. Waiting to take oh, I'm a sorry, trip you've allowed yourself to get raised. morbidly obese. <laughs> so this plus-size influencer by the name of Jay Bay has over 131 followers on TikTok 
and over 95,000 followers on Instagram. And Jaybay Specialty is making content for obese women such as herself, and she posts videos like this. JD Power now ranks Sleep Number oh, number one in customer me. satisfaction I with mattresses purchased ads. in store. Visit sleepnumber.com. I to just gotta invest in YouTube bread. <laughs> Sexy comes in all sizes. Just watch. See, no, that's not sexy. You're dying. I'm sorry. What is this? Sit down. You know what? We're not I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't want anything <laughs> like bad to happen. That... I don't want anything bad to happen to, to fat people. Live your life. That's great that we live in a time when you can be fat. I mean, you'd be happier and healthier if you got in shape. There's numerous studies on this. You know, being fat is bad for you. But don't try and crowbar it in and don't try and change my perceptions of reality and don't try to tell me that i'm actually the problem you are outside of society society you are outside of the the margins of what is a normal human being a seven foot tall person is gonna have to deal with the same thing the difference is you have done this to yourself don't try to force me to say it's sexy don't try to force me to, to like buy two planes or not two planes maybe buy two uh buy two seats like it's the victimhood that I have a problem because with. Because she started a petition on change.org and she created a TikTok video discussing her petition. And what is this petition, petition about? Is. Well, Jay Bay is upset because she's too fat to fit into one seat and she thinks that the airlines should all be required to accommodate fat travelers and the fat travelers should not have to pay for multiple seats. So you want to hear my hot take on plus size travel and why I think every plus size traveler should get a free second and even third seat on an airplane? Then you better keep watching and sign my petition to make some real change. Let's just state facts. Plus size travelers need more space. And many people agree that plane seats are too small, even for the average size person. As a plus size traveler myself, I know how uncomfortable and unsafe it can be to squeeze into a tiny airplane seat. We are not asking for special treatment or luxury accommodation. Yes, you are. That is the thing. That is the problem right there. You are asking for special accommodations. Well, we should get a free second and third seat. Why? There's a product. This is what we're selling. This seat going to this destination for this much money. Now, if you can't make that work, if I buy, well, what about people who have kids? Should we have, we should get free second and third seats. It's not my fault that I have a kid. People have kids. Why am I being demonized for having a child? No, that's the way it works. When you go to, to, to a restaurant and you, you, are hungry and you need two or three, um, oh, getting a call from the VA and you want two, two or three entrees, you shouldn't say, well, I'm a, I'm a fat person. So I should get a, a free second and third entree. Cause I'm not full by the normal proportions. That's not the way the free market works. And if you are asking for special treatment, you absolutely are asking for special treatment. You want special seats and extra seats. You want stuff given to you simply because you're fat. No. We simply want enough space to travel comfortably and safely without fear of being discriminated against because of our size. It's truly that You're simple. not being discriminated against. If you agree against, that you every traveler room. deserves to fly comfortably and without fear of discrimination, then go ahead and please sign my petition and share it with everybody that you know. Let's work together to make air travel. And also, let's not be mistaken here. There are people who are, are thicker than a snicker naturally. I'm a thick boy, right? But this is not natural this isn't like oh i'm i'm just big boned like so you're not being discriminated against you don't have a condition you don't have we're not making accommodations for a handicapped person this is a person who has just eaten themselves until they're huge 
eat, eating food until they're huge. That's fine. Do what you want. But also understand you might have to buy two plane, plane seats. Travel more inclusive and accommodating for everyone. Now, when I first heard this story, my instinct was the same as pretty much everyone else's who also heard this story. Why should you get extra seats for free? You're broke. <laughs> but did you know that many airlines already do this? And guess where I learned that little bit of information from. So first on my list of plus size friendly airlines to fly in 2023 is Southwest Airlines. They offer plus size passengers or passengers of size as they call it, a free second seat, or they will reimburse you if you decide to pay for your second seat ahead of time. The next airline that I think is plus size friendly is Alaska Airlines. They also have a customer of size policy. If you buy a second seat on an Alaska Airlines flight, they will reimburse you after the fact for your second seat as long as there was one available seat when your plane departed. JetBlue is another great airline to fly if you're plus size, and let me tell you why. They offer a bit of a roomier seat with an average of 18.4 inches in width with a pitch of 32 to 35 inches, which is pretty roomy in my opinion. And last on my list is Delta Airlines. They are known for allowing plus size passengers to move to a row where there's an empty seat free of charge. So basically all okay, airlines. Okay, so what are you upset about? What's your problem? Exactly. Do you really want to know what my problem is? No. That was a rhetorical question. I don't want to know anything from you. According to Jaybay, she was inspired to start her petition after a flight that she took with her partner. All right, so you get the point. It's, you're not a victim, fat people. And we see, like, <laughs> the Europeans don't have a problem with this, but whiny, entitled Americans have to act, oh, I'm a victim because I'm fat. No. And what's crazy about this is she's complaining even after the, the free market is already trying to make allowances for these people. We're saying, okay, well, this is a way where we can get more plus-size travelers. And just, I don't know why we, we say plus-size. Just call it what it is. We can accommodate more obese travelers, get them to fly our airlines if we take advantage of already empty seats. That's that's a smart work-in from the free market. That's how the free market handles those situations. But just demanding that airlines give you free seats what happens like the margins on these airlines they've had to be bailed out tons of times they're not making tons of money i'd argue because they're improperly run and getting bailed out by the government but be that as it may this is this is just ridiculous it's just demanding i'm a victim i want more everybody make my bad decisions okay no no fat people um and I could say fat people because, again, I'm a person of weight. Um, this is this goes back to what my brother has talked about where he's like, fat people should just have their own airlines. I'm, I'm on board with that. If you don't like the airlines, then go. What, what's stopping you from going and starting your own airlines? Get a bunch of fat people together, buy a plane, and then go from there. Like <laughs> – why does it have to? Why do you have to change our thing? That the you have to. Why do you have to make society morph to your standards? Why can't you just go do do your own thing? Super annoying. But anyway, speaking of entitled Americans, uh, I saw this today. Biden touts 1.2 billion in student loan relief with eye to 2024. So President Joe Biden said beneficiaries of an expanded student debt relief effort would hear from him directly as he seeks to court young voters ahead of November's election. If you qualify, you'll hear from me shortly, Biden said in an event at Culver City, California. Borrowers who had their debt forgiven in the latest round receive an email from the president letting them know Biden's administration gave similar notice in a prior round of debt forgiveness last November. The moves are reminiscent of 2020 when former President Donald Trump name 
name appeared on COVID-19 stimulus checks. Um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that either. Um, the Biden administration announced earlier Wednesday that more than 150,000 borrowers will receive $1.2 billion in student loan forgiveness. The Fresh Debt Relief is a part of this program unveiled in January targeting Americans who had been making payments for at least a decade. So that's that's the, the key part there, which we'll get to in a second. But um, so first off... This is unconstitutional. On its face, the Supreme Court has ruled he can't do this. So he has said, screw that. I'm going to do it anyway. Why? Because it's an election year. This was one of his election promises. And young voters are not enthused about Biden. This is just a campaign trick. It's taking $1.2 billion of your money and then giving it basically buying votes. That's, that's what he's essentially doing is buying votes. Unconstitutionally, the courts have already ruled he can't do this with taxpayer funds. But he doesn't care because well, what does the Constitution matter? That's only a tool that we can use to, to to beat down Republicans when we don't like stuff that they're doing. But what's interesting about this is not only is it more money straight down the crapper, um, it's actually another massive wealth transfer. We, we saw COVID was the biggest wealth transfer to the elites that we've ever seen. Everyone got poor except for the massive corporations and the elites. They got way richer. Amazon, its stock absolutely skyrocketed with the lockdowns over COVID. Well, with this, it's specifically for people who have been out of college for 10 years and paying their loans. So presumably, they're doing fine. Presumably, they they graduated, they got a job, and they've been spending 10 years working their way up. So we're going to take money from people who didn't go to college those taxpayers, the lower, the lower classes, we're going to give it to middle class and rich people who are doing presumably just fine. Why? Again, because it's not about actually helping people that need help. It's about getting votes. But in that process, again, it's another massive wealth transfer. You're taking money from the, it's the opposite of Robin Hood. For all this socialist equality, blah, 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 all the stuff the Democrats tout, this is taking from the poor and giving to the rich, quite literally, because the government doesn't make any money. <laughs> people seem to forget that the government doesn't have any money. They can only take money from you. So this is a ridiculous wealth transfer. And that's also unconstitutional. Um, so infuriating. And I honestly think that people should just refuse to pay taxes over it, but nobody will listen to me. I think that if we just, they can't put us all in prison. Um, of course the, the IRS, they, uh, there's a new video by James O'Keefe that apparently they have the ability to shut down the entire country and it's mostly run by AI, AI now. Um, we're going to go over that video tomorrow, the new James O'Keefe video where he, I don't know how these people keep falling for the honeypot, but it's some, some little indie, nerdy Indian dude and some hot chicks getting him to just spill all the beans about the IRS. Fascinating. But, um, Let's see. So enough about entitled Americans and fat people and student loans. Um, moving on, the U.S. is being a hypocrite again and trying to lie us into war with Iran. Um, look, folks, I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse by bringing up this topic. We have been talking nonstop every day about them lying us into war, about the lies surrounding the Middle East, China, uh, uh, Eastern Europe. But um the reason I have to keep bringing it up is because they're trying to program you. They are trying to slowly get you comfortable with the idea of of war, of war with Iran, of war with Russia. We've seen this is how how they act. They try to desensitize you to things. And then when something crazy happens, you go, 
Oh, okay. Oh, they put Donald Trump in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you've been conditioned with just months and months and years at this point of fraudulent cases against him. So, yeah, with this, um, they're trying to program you. So I'm going to have to try and counter program you. That's why we keep bringing it up so much. But uh, look at this from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Iran's rise as global arms supplier vexes U.S. and its allies. Um, and this is the programming. This story here that was covered by most of the mainstream news outlets, they're trying to pump this story to, again, make you fearful. Tehran supports Middle East militias with booming weapons industries boosted by Russia's purchase of drones. Iran's arms industry is growing rapidly, turning the country into a large-scale exporter of low-cost, high-tech weapons whose clients are vexing the U.S. and its partners in the Middle East, Ukraine, and beyond. The transformation of the industry, accelerated by Russia's 2022 purchase of thousands of drones that altered the battlefield in Ukraine, has helped Tehran scale up its support of militia allies in the Middle East conflicts that have intensified along, alongside Israel's war with Hamas in Gaza. One of Iran's top arms exports, a Shahed suicide drone designed to carry explosives and crash into targets, was used to kill three American service members in Jordan in an attack by an Iraqi militia group on January 28th, U.S. officials said. So, again, using that same attack, we brought that up. That's not a, an abnormal thing, but they tried to make it seem like it was abnormal. Oh, troops got killed in the Middle East by Iran. Scary, scary, scary. No, that's the cost of being in the Middle East. It happens all the time, and then it gets brushed under the rug unless it's politically convenient, or it's just too impossible to hide like the Afghanistan situation. Um, but you see how they're also tying it into to Russia and the battle in the Ukraine. I mean, this is ridiculous. When it comes to trafficking arms, the U.S. is the supreme king. Nobody, they say it in that movie, Lord of War, and it's absolutely true. Nobody traffics more arms than the U.S. military. We have been trafficking arms, overthrowing governments, arming militias. I mean, since forever, since at least since the CIA was created. Um, I mean, we saw, what was that movie with um, Tom Cruise where he's a pilot and he's just bringing arms and then transferring um, transferring immigrants like freedom fighters from South America <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we do. And it's with the CIA. That's based on a true story. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is interesting talking about Iran because we're supposed to fear Iran because they're trafficking weapons, even though they they do way less weapons trafficking and way less escalation than us. We've talked about how on the show um, and in articles I've written and even in the book that the U.S. escalates conflicts like no one else, especially this, this Russia conflict, we are largely responsible. Whether you like Putin or not, I don't. Whether you like Russia or not, I don't. We have escalated this conflict. We are very much responsible for the, the current war right now and for that war continuing to go on. We're, we're responsible in large part for the increased tensions in the Pacific region because we keep supporting Taiwan, which is just the Chinese government, but they had an internal spat. They still, they, they don't have a first amendment in Taiwan. They don't have a second amendment. We're just supporting a proxy of the Chinese government. Why? For absolutely no reason. And then the, the Middle East stuff is obvious. We've, we've brought that up with, uh, we're, we're just trying to accelerate the situation with Israel and Gaza. Um, we're trying to accelerate the situation with Ukraine. Um, so when it comes to escalating and trafficking arms, the U.S. has no room to throw stones. But um, with, specifically with 
demonizing Iran, and I don't like Iran, bad country. Um, but what's interesting about this is this great enemy we're all supposed to fear and all supposed to want to bomb and go to war with, that they're just constantly trying to get you to be afraid of. Um, we created it. Um, so check out this article. People seem to forget this. How this, this is from NPR too. This is from some crazy news source. How the CIA overthrew Iran's democracy in four days. Um, on August 19th, 2013, the CIA publicly admitted for the first time its involvement in the 1953 coup against Iran's elected prime minister, Mohammad Mazadek. The documents provided details of the CIA's plan at the time, which was led by senior officer Kermit Roosevelt Jr., the grandson of U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. Over the course of four days in August 1953, Roosevelt would orchestrate not one, but two attempts to destabilize the government of Iran, forever changing the relationship between the country and the U.S. In this episode, we go back to retrace what happened in the inaugural episode of NPR's New History Podcast. Um, Mohammed, blah, blah, blah. So... Long story short, you can go through and read this entire article about what actually happened. But that bad guy, um, the whatever, I can't remember his name. It's some crazy name like um, Kalamini or whatever. Um, I I hate that. I'm terrible with names. I think it's because the, the TBI, I know that's kind of a cop out, but. I'm really bad at remembering names. That's why I have just endless notes for all of my all of my writing. But anyway, we, we all know the, the government of Iran right now. Super corrupt. Women are second-class citizens. Absolute nightmare. Um, if you're gay, you're going to get thrown off a building or put in prison. Uh, we did that. Th this government that we're so afraid of, 60 years ago, we put them in power. Or, or 70 years ago, we put them in power. The U.S. did this. And you say, okay, well, um, Iran's, you know, a terrible country. We're probably trying to do the right thing, you know, backwards, terrorist country. Uh, no, let's look at what Iran actually looked like before, before we took and uh, overthrew the government. 35 candid snapshots from family photo albums that show what life was like in Iran in the 1950s. Um, we're not going to go through all these, but you can go look at this. <laughs> look it up. People don't realize... It was a Western country, basically, back in back in the day. It, like you, you look at these photos compared to images. I mean, no burkas, skirts. Like this would be unthinkable in Iran these days. These women would be killed. But this is Iran in the fifties before we decided to overthrow the government. <laughs> I mean. It's incredible. It's it's a Western country. If you had told me this is, you know, Britain, I'd be like, oh, yeah, makes sense. So anyway, you get you get the idea. Iran was a fine Western place. They were doing just great. They were incorporating into the world. And then what does the U.S. government do? The bullies who need to control the entire world, presumably because they they don't. Well, they want a destabilized region because they don't want Iran to be a Western powerhouse with all the oil. No, we can't have that as America. We have to control the world. We have to be supreme rulers of the land, and everyone has to bow the knee before before our our leaders, our tyrants. So what do we do? We overran. We overrun their government. Um, we stage a coup, and now you look at Iran. It's a complete crap hole. Um, and they're funding terrorists around the world, and it's all because of us. We did it. So whatever you think about Iran being bad now, I'm not a fan of Iran, 
Just recognize, just like with this Russia situation, I'm not happy Putin invaded. I don't like Russia. I don't like Putin. The U.S. is responsible because we are assholes. We are assholes on the world stage. With Iran, yeah, Iran's a problem. They're doing all this crap. The U.S. is the problem. We are responsible for this. We were assholes. And that is the reason why this happened. You say the same thing about Venezuela. Um, you could probably say the same thing about Taiwan, honestly. I, I have to look more into that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason that the Taiwanese government, which just considers itself the Chinese government, split off because we put in Western puppet shills would not surprise me in the slightest. But anyway, this is all just don't believe the programming about war with Iran. We see what happens when the U.S. gets involved with these countries. Leave them alone. It's not, I am tired of the U.S. I get the idea that we can go and we can be this bastion of freedom across the world and make everything better. It does not work like that. Because again, the people pulling the triggers, the good patriots who want good things on the ground are not the ones calling the shots. It is the tyrants in the Oval Office, in the halls of Congress, in the lobbying groups. Those are the people who are deciding how, what happens in the aftermath of these wars, how they're executed, and they are abysmal failures for that reason. The elite's goals are elites in our governments and our lobbying class. They do not align with we the people. So do not believe them when they try to trick us into being okay with the war with Iran. Absolutely not. And that goes for war with Russia. That goes for war with China, all these countries. Again, don't like those other countries, but I am done believing that we should go to war with them. Um, so next story, speaking of the U.S. trafficking arms, um, I saw this, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Mike Johnson's chaotic house searches for path on Ukraine. House Speaker says he wants to change to 90... He wants, to, he wants changes to $95 billion in foreign aid measure passed by the Senate. For House Speaker Mike Johnson, it was a pretty standard afternoon. Republican colleagues rebelled and, vote, and votes got canceled. Meanwhile, the path forward on the major policy debate, whether to further fund Ukraine and its war with Russia, remained unresolved, with different group of lawmakers floating their own ideas. Um, I want to see what specifically... He has a problem with realtor.com. I'm not watching a stupid ad. Um, let's see a meeting with a cluster of Republicans of funding on Ukraine and curbing blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see. So it's, they're not entirely clear. Well, let's see. Uniting his conference now loom of efforts. So we don't know exactly what changes he wants to make. Um, I was seeing if anything had been updated on that. Uh, no. All we know is that he's not happy about this. And my thought on this is, is this supposed to be a win? I mean, we talked about this Tuesday. Russia's winning. Stop wasting our money. There's no, there's no end in which Ukraine wins other than the U.S. puts boots on the ground. We're just prolonging the conflict, killing more people, getting more people killed. Hundreds of thousands have already died, which our administration is happy about. Draft 300,000 Russians, many of whom were drafted. Kamala Harris is gleefully talking about that. Um, they, don't, they don't want to fight. Many of the Ukraine, Ukrainians don't even want to fight. They have to get hauled into buses. They have to pull Down syndrome people up. We're just exacerbating this conflict and, pro, and dragging it out when there's no, there is no end where Russia doesn't win or we go into a massive world war. And obviously the, the, the former is preferable, not world war. But with this... This is just a fake, a fake bullshit story. You could tell because they, they didn't, he's not being clear and there's not, 
It's not the first paragraph, the first or second paragraph, what exactly he wants to change, what exactly he doesn't like. It's going to be some stupid thing where he's going to carve out or probably add money like, well, we got to do $5 billion for the border or something like that. It's going to be some stupid little addendum to make it look like they pushed back. Look, look, we won. We got our thing here. And then they're just going to pass it anyway. Don't believe this. This isn't a win. The fact that it's even being discussed and he says, oh, he doesn't like some of it. That's not a win. A win would be them saying, fuck, no, we're not passing this. Get this shit out of here. But they won't because, again, the Republican Party is just as warmongery as the left, despite the fact that all the partisan shills like to go, well, now the Democrats are the party of, of war. Now the Democrats aren't the party of science. Now the Republicans are still just as bad. Um, the, the Democrats have just gotten even worse. Um, but anyway, um, speaking of lies again, Tuesday, we talked about how Russia is winning. And then we talked about some of the lies surrounding it. Kamala Harris saying they're losing. It's been an abysmal failure. Uh, I wanted to show this is from Dan Holloway's Twitter <laughs> and the New York posters reporting on this. Look at another just blatant lie. They don't even give a fuck anymore. They're just lying straight to your face. Dan Holloway says, this is not real. I don't know why this would be posted, but it's not real. This is not what a missile strike looks like. None of these dudes is missing an arm or a foot. Where's the blood? He's absolutely right. And the weapons being all stacked up, they posed for a photo. This is not the aftermath of a missile strike, even though the New York Post is reporting, um, yeah, at least 65 Russian soldiers killed in Ukraine missile strikes. And the reason that they're, they're pushing this story is because they want they want to say, look, we got to send more HIMARS, which for those who don't know, they're missiles that shoot off of trucks. It's um, in our intro. There's a scene where where um, it's dark and you just see missiles shooting up into the sky. That's actually a video I took in al-Assad, Iraq, of a shooting off HIMARS. Um, not, that's what HIMARS are. They're just missiles on trucks. And they're trying to get the U.S. to send more of them, and they're using this as a propaganda piece. Look, 65 soldier, uh, Russian soldiers were killed by HIMARS. This is abs- these guys were not killed by HIMARS. There's no, there's no, um, um, you know, bomb divots in the ground. There's no um, shrapnel anywhere. No one's again. No one's missing limbs. There's no blood. The weapons are all stacked up. This is a fake photo that the New York Post a presumably right-leaning outlet is posting. It is a lie. This is an absolute lie. They are lying to you saying, look, we killed a bunch of Russians. We need more of these. It's supposed to, you're supposed to see that and go, Ooh, we need more high Mars. This could really help Ukraine. No, it's a lie. It is absolutely a lie. Um, but anyway, we've been lied to about the whole Russia war nonstop. Why would they, why would they cease doing it now? Um, Good Heineken Zero. Um, as an alcoholic, these fake beers make my day. It's like, I don't know. It, it's like a sex addict having sex with a sex doll. It's not the same as the real thing, but man, is it nice. Um, so on the topic of our foreign policy failures, uh, yesterday we talked about how China is winning without firing a single shot with their immigration, with them cutting down the U.S. dollar, start, you know, the whole BRICS nations thing. Uh, well, check out this. So to avoid hefty tariffs, China's BYD eyes U.S. car market via Mexico. Tesla competitor looking at new export base south of the U.S. border. Chinese automaker BYD has set its sights on Mexico as its quest for global expansion turns toward North America. 
the Shenzhen-based car company, whose rapid growth has made it one of the world's largest electric vehicle sellers, is scouting locations in the country for a factory from which it would consider exporting cars to the U.S., according to people familiar with the matter. The plans show rising enthusiasm within China's car industry for expansion to North America, despite the political risks Building cars in Mexico for the U.S. would allow the automakers to avoid hefty import tariffs that would be applied if they were to send them directly to China. So here's the thing that's important about this. First off, Tesla, the government doesn't like Tesla, the the administration, and we saw what happened in Delaware. They're going to come after Tesla, even though Tesla is the biggest... The, the biggest electric car company in the United States. They, Elon Musk has said he's done more for greenhouse emissions than all the other car companies combined, but he, he doesn't get a good rating on the, uh, the climate score because it's all politics. Well, there's several issues with this. First off, China owns and is invested in the green energy scam, the, the whole climate change scam. We talked about that earlier this week, even though they're not paying attention to it at all. They're going to increase their emissions through 2030, and they will stretch that out and uh, increase emissions longer. But now they're going to come down here. They're going to go go into to, um, Mexico. They're going to make a bunch of cheap cars, you know, no import taxes. They can make it for cheaper in Mexico. This is the whole principle of why Hershey's goes down to Mexico and Latin America and all these places is it's it's cheaper to make it there in the U.S. So they're going to come in and they're going to get a bunch of government subsidies because they're the government doesn't like Tesla. They don't like Elon Musk and they like green energy. They like green cars. So they're going to import a bunch of cheap Chinese electric vehicles. The government's going to give them a bunch of a bunch of incentives to come in here, a bunch of taxpayer incentives, and then China's going to own the electric car market in the U.S. That's that's their goal. And on top of this, we've talked about investing in Latin America. That's why are we not doing that? Why are we allowing Mex- the Mexican government and you know they're, they're, China's looking for rare earth minerals and setting up bases all throughout Latin America. Why are we not doing that? Instead, we're we're focused on Africa and the Middle East and making sure that we have, you know, um, um, uh, you, you know, tensions with Iran so that we can stay in the Middle East so that we can get oil from there and rare earth minerals from there. Why aren't we investing in Latin America? China is now. And not only are they going to have a partnership with these countries, which if you don't think that they'll they'll make deals to where they can have military bases there and stuff like that, or they'll have infrastructure to then also move people across the border, you're high. They're going to build infrastructure in these countries right to our south, and then they're going to pay for it by getting government subsidies to sell us electric vehicles that they're all invested in as they don't care about the climate at all. It's a giant mess. It's such bullshit. And I think that China should be allowed to go wherever they want, but I know how this is going to play out. And I also know the fact that we're not interested in investing in our, our southern neighbors. We're too focused on the Middle East and just trying to use our military to bully people around. They're, they're playing this so much smarter than us. And this is going to this is gonna have negative effects. Just wait until there's this, another big green energy push with a bunch of cheap, affordable Chinese vehicles. So now that people don't have the excuse about buying one. And then they make it too expensive to own a gas vehicle. And now China is also going to probably add into those electric vehicles chips where they can control them, just like they do with all these other electronics. I mean, this is just another step in the Chinese takeover of the United States. And we don't, we don't seem to care. We're not interested in using the same strategy and, and said us investing in our southern border or not our southern border, but our southern neighbors. 
We're not interested in making producing electric vehicles in America more affordable. Like, no, we'll just we'll just sell out to the Chinese and it'll be all sold to us under this guise of climate change and this and that and the other thing. And they will just continue to weaken us without firing a single shot. Um, of course, the Biden administration is fighting back against the Chinese takeover in their own retarded way. So instead of all the things I just said, investing in Latin America for rare earth minerals, getting off the Africa and Middle East titties, stop making it to where it's cheaper to send our meat off to China to be produced, making it to where it's affordable here by cutting regulations and cutting taxes. Now, instead of doing all of that, what we're going to do is check out this. U.S. to invest billions to replace China-made cranes at nation's ports. Biden administration fears security threats as hundreds of at hundreds of sites. Um, the Biden administration plans to invest billions in the domestic manufacturing of cargo cranes, seeking to counter fears that the prevalent use of China-built cranes with advanced software at many U.S. ports poses a potential national security risk. The move is part of a set of actions taken by the administration Wednesday that is intended to improve maritime cybersecurity. They include a U.S. Coast Guard directive to mandate certain digital security requirements for deployed foreign-built cranes at strategic seaports, as well as an executive order by President Biden setting baseline cybersecurity standards for computer networks that operate U.S. ports. What a useless jester. <laughs> what a useless jester from a useless jester. China is taking over the United States. They've created the BRICS country. They're weakening our U.S. dollar, weakening our economy, taking over all of the world's manufacturing, all of the world's rare earth minerals. The one place they weren't at was Latin America, South America. Now they're moving there. <laughs> and we're, we're worried about cranes at ports. Ridiculous. Um, and other foreign news, uh, where's the outrage from the left at Egypt? We talk about left and Democrat hypocrisy a lot, and we talk about it on the right as well. But um, I've been hearing nonstop about how we have to, how it's cruel to have a wall, how it's cruel to have a border, how it's cruel not to take in a bunch of immigrants and refugees. Check this out. So Egypt builds walled enclosure on border as Israeli, Israeli offensive looms. Authorities are surrounding an area in the desert with concrete walls as a contingency for possible influx of Palestinian refugees. Um, is this not cruel? They're building a wall. Here's what that looked like or what that looks like. It's a pretty kick-ass wall. Two walls. Three walls, four walls. Now, my question is, if this isn't cruel and the left is okay with this, why is this not on our border? If this is, this is presumably fine, <laughs> why are we not doing this on our border? Um... The answer is, of course, because everyone's retarded and, you know, rules for thee, but not for me, or in this case, rules for me, but not for thee. Why? Because the left looks down on all these other countries. They're just a bunch of dumb third world peasants. They're not like us good whites, us good white liberals. So they, they can't they can't be expected to act humane in the same way as us because we're better. That's really what it is. Otherwise, they'd be pissed at Egypt. That or they just don't care at all, and it's just fashion to hate Israel. 
and like Ukraine. Um, but of course, our border is not a total loss. Um, in fact, we actually may be winning. We've talked about the border situation a lot, and uh, it's been kind of stagnant. My girlfriend actually asked me yesterday, what's going on with the border? Um, she hasn't heard us update on it. Again, things are slow. Um, the the text or the the border patrol union came out and said that they would not enforce the laws. They would not step on Texas's toes. But of course, the border unions can be paid off. So I wasn't too excited about that. But check this out. This is from Fox News. Texas border floating buoys can stay until May. Court rules. Um, so let's see. A federal appeals court has temporarily reversed an order requiring Texas to remove a floating barrier at the border to curb the flow of illegal immigrants. The latest in a series of back and forth decisions that have been made over the last number of months. Last month, the Fifth, Fifth Circuit panel issued a split decision upholding a district judge's order demanding that Texas move the buoys to the Texas side of the riverbank placed in the Rio Grande at the Texas-Mexico border. Texas Attorney General Paxton immediately filed a petition to rehear the case before the full court and to allow the buoys to remain in place while the court considered the petition. On Wednesday, Paxton secured an NBOC rehearing by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, continued Concerning the Biden administration's attempt to force Texas to remove the buoys, he said via a press release. Paxton said the buoy system was deployed by Texas to reduce the number of unvetted migrants, blah, blah, blah. Now that the fifth court is granted an NBOC hearing, the order to remove the buoys will continue stayed. The argument before the fifth court is scheduled for May 24, May 2024, Paxton said. Um, so, yes, this is um, let me see here. What, what is this? Cops is back on Fox Nation, the only place to watch new episodes. Of course, there's going to be an end. I thought they got rid of cops because it was racist. And they hate cops. Texas Governor Greg Abbott taking the growing border crisis into his own hands with a new bill allowing police to arrest those here illegally. The growing surge not slowing down. Our next guest is live in Eagle Pass, Texas, where more than 4,000 migrants were taken into custody yes. yesterday. That is what an invasion looks like. You can call it what you want. That is clearly an invasion. The last line of defense. LT, good to have you on this morning. This doesn't um, look like it's covering this particular story, though. Um, but, yeah, it may – it's just a small step, but it is um, – a small step backwards for the feds, which is actually pretty, pretty big of a deal. Um, you know, we've talked about either the federal government or the states will come away looking impotent in this. So, yes, it's a small step. But either way, a small step backward from the federal government, that's a huge momentum shift. This is actually a really big deal and a really great deal. Um So I'm, I'm very happy. I'm hopeful. We'll see what happens in May. We'll keep up with it. But either way, right now. I I think we're winning. <laughs> I think we're winning at least the narrative battle. And again, this is all about perceptions where how does the government, how does the populace view the state and federal government? Who do we perceive to be more legitimate? Because really we give them all the power. We're the ones who legitimize them. We could overnight just not follow any rules. What are they going to do? So the the perception of the populace is a big deal. And it looks like this is going to swing the perceptions towards the federal government is impotent. They're backing down. Um, but this is also great because not only does it make the feds look bad and weak, um, we talked about this Tuesday, these new immigrants that are coming in are not, are not like the, the workers of the past where it's just some Mexicans who want to work and send money back to Mexico. Uh, look at this. 
So Border Patrol has arrested 6,400 illegal immigrants with criminal convictions, 178 gang members in fiscal year 24. Um, Ooh, what is this? Influx of Chinese immigrants? Real quick, I want to see what this is because we we talked about this before. Trying to cross the southern border illegally. Griff Jenkins is live in Hakumba, California with the latest. Hakumba. what are you seeing down there? I'm seeing a lot of migrants, Jason, and let me tell you, to put into perspective just how many Chinese are coming across the border, particularly in the San Diego area, in all of 2021, 450 total Chinese migrants crossed the entire border. This year, more than 20,000 in the last four months since the fiscal year began. Let me show you, though, they're not just you from China. You don't think any of those are Chinese agents? other countries like Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Brazil, but there are an influx of Chinese migrants. In fact, I mentioned that 450 number in the past three days. We've eclipse that number of migrants. These migrants here in Hakumba, 60 miles east of San Diego, are waiting to be processed. Many of them will be released, but it's the national security aspect, particularly of the Chinese migrants, that concerns the officials because of the vetting process and knowing who they are and the fact that we have so many that are single adult males. Now, if I just spin you around here one second this yeah, some way, people uh, Thomas, think you, about see, you never see families in these the situations. And the women and you do sometimes. Well, like right come, there, but, but the vans a lot of military age because males. so many migrants are coming, so they have to wait hours. And in fact, some of these migrants might even have to spend the night, depending on how many vans they have. We spoke to one Chinese migrant man, though, Jason, should be turned and around and watched, exactly walked across the border. He's come to the U.S. Look, members the of the cartel. Listen here. They're just the, the feds are just come? an extension of uh, the cartel money. Yeah, cartel human trafficking uh, operation. There's no job in China. Um, maybe I don't know. Well, that sounds convincing. That sounds like he's and what's so fascinating <laughs> fleeing persecution. We've been covering this for more than two years. It was a heavy search. Absolute bullshit. Of course, that's California. But anyway, as far as Texas goes, Border Patrol agents have caught thousands of illegal immigrants with criminal convictions in fiscal year 24, with those apprehended having rap sheets for violent crimes such as murder, rape, child molestation, as well as drugs and weapons trafficking. U.S. Border Patrol Chief Owens posted on X Wednesday that agents patrolling the southwest border nabbed 10 illegal immigrants last weekend who have violent criminal histories, including 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 murder, rape and drug weapons trafficking charges. Um, And again. When you have an open border, sure, if you have a closed border, you're still going to have people trying to migrate illegally, but, and, and you're going to get some bad, bad eggs in that with some good eggs. But when you just open it up and say, anyone come, well, now you're just going to say all bad eggs can come. You're going to get more crap the more people you get. This is exactly why you need a strong border and a border policy so that you can establish who the who is. Otherwise, you have no border policy. You have open borders. But I'm glad they're at least catching some of them. I'm sure they uh, so many have gotten through <laughs> that it's crazy. I mean, we see those statistics of how many they've caught. I'm sure there's way more than that that have gotten through just fine. Child rapists, murderers, gang members. People say, oh, that's fear-mongering. No, it's just statistics. If these are who's coming through and most of them just get released, we don't know who most of them are. You know, 6 to 10 million under Biden have come through illegally. Yeah, probably a lot of those are bad people. Even if it's not not a majority of them, uh, still, a, a, a small percentage of 6 to 10 million is a lot of people who, you know, a lot of bad people. 
Um, so now on the topic of illegal immigrants, going back to Egypt for a second, um, I do like one thing about that whole Egypt story. I mean, I guess I don't really care about the whole Israel-Gaza thing other than I don't want us to be involved. And, you know, I, I think it's time for Israel to make peace um, instead of pushing in like they're building that big highway to expand into Gaza, doing exactly what everyone's been saying that they're going to do. And Israel's been saying they're not going to do that. They are actually looking to expand at the end of this war and take more of Gaza and have a bigger influence. But um, I do like what e that Egypt actually cares about their people. Um, we've talked about the U.S. The, the, our border patrol doesn't care about what legal migrants do to us. Our justice system, we release them without bail when they beat cops. And cop beatings are on the rise, by the way, story I saw today. But look at what Britain does to its people when it comes to refugees. They also don't care about their citizens. I thought this was interesting because, again, Britain is America in five to ten years. So just wait until we start to see this stuff here in America. Um, so let's see. This British woman received a letter from the government that orders her to sell her house in which she recently moved in to make way for migrants. This is what replacement looks like. So, I want to just watch so this, this letter was two from minutes. the council and yeah. you got this on the 12th of January. You moved in in November, didn't you? Yeah. And, and, and you got this letter and just, just spell out what this letter says. That letter says that they, because the property is derelict, that they can compulsory purchase it. If there's any repairs to be done in it, they could take it off the price of the property. Yeah. And these properties are for migrants. It's absolutely for. extraordinary, isn't it? And how did you feel when you got a resettlement letter? team you at Northamptonshire Council you supports asylum seekers and refugees across three different projects: homes for Ukraine, Afghan settlement, and asylum dispersal. Accusing you of occupying a derelict home. How did you feel when you got this? After paying 200,000 for it, we didn't feel very well. No, it must have been one hell of a shock, mustn't yeah. it? It's for the immigrant and not the indigenous population. Yeah. Well, veterans are sleeping rough. Yeah. 16,000 veterans. terrible weather. Absolutely. Um, they can't get put in hotels or on a bibby stock home. There is a daylight um, charity, Daylight Center charity. That's in, a good point. People in, in always throw the veteran card out there. It's looks like, after homeless people who are sleeping rough. When they talk about transgender they, people, they talk about, oh, uh, well, this isn't, you know, that's not brave. This is brave. The troops. It's like, this actually is a situation where you're, <laughs> you aren't taking care of your own. We don't do it in the U.S. We're bringing in all these asylum seekers, giving them money, but we still have homeless vets who fought in these pointless wars for the tyrants. We were lied into war. We're not taking care of them. We're not taking care of our own. Why are, until you can take care of your own, why are you trying to help other people? It's the same principle as in a plane, they tell you, put on your mask before you help others. Instead, we're just trying to put masks on everyone on the plane. And then we're taking masks from people who are sitting down. Well, you're privileged. Well, you're white, whatever. You're, you're an American. So we're going to take your mask and give it to this immigrant. That's basically what they're doing. Um, but yeah, this is absolutely pathetic, Britain. Um, <laughs> derelict property, they could take the value off. It's just, it's a legal crony way of just taking your property and giving it to the immigrants. That way they don't have to deal with it. They can just, fuck you, our own citizen. <laughs> We're just going to bring in migrants. It, it's so retarded, it, it defies logic. It's not logical. <sighs> but anyway, so final, final story here, because uh, we're running low on time. Yesterday, we talked about banning books. Well, the government wants some other stuff banned as well. Uh, so this is from the Wall Street Journal. We've got a lot of Wall Street Journal articles today. 
Um, new era of AI deepfakes complicates 2024 elections. Deceptive videos, audio, and images are more sophisticated, easier to make as tech industry wrestles with how to keep up. The explosion of artificial te intelligence technology makes it easier than ever to deceive people on the internet and is turning the 2024 U.S. presidential election into an unprecedented test on how to police deceptive content. An early salvo was fired last month in New Hampshire, days before the state's presidential primary, an estimated 5,000, 25,000 calls went out telling recipients not to bother voting. Your vote, makes a your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday, the voice said. It sounded like President Biden, but it was created by AI according to an analysis by a security firm, Pindrop. The message also discouraged independent voters from participating in the Republican primary. Um, so the reason I brought this episode up is because the Wall Street Journal, you can go read the article. They're not calling, they're not calling for um, the private, you know, the companies to take care of this. What they want is they want the government to intervene. And at first, I actually was on board with that. I was like, yeah, this is AI is a scary thing. But then I, I stopped. I, I took my emotions back from it and I went, wait a minute. It's already illegal to pose as someone else. It's already This is already fraud. Whether that's a, a robot pretending to be Joe Biden telling people not to vote or whether it's a person doing a Joe Biden impression, it's the same law. So really what you need is the private corporations, and sure, the government can do this, cybersecurity department, whenever, um, even though we saw their cybersecurity with the James O'Keefe video a couple weeks ago, I don't trust them to do a good job at anything. But yeah, you can get better at detecting whether these calls are real or fake and whether AI images are real or fake. You can get better at that, but you don't need the government to, to be involved in that. You don't need to make any new laws, any new legislation. It's already illegal. Fraud is already illegal. If, you, if I created a, a realistic painting and said, oh, this is, uh, you know, Joe Biden sucking off a donkey, that would be that would be illegal if I was using that in certain contexts. I actually don't know how that would be illegal. But I think like if I was using campaign funds to push that as an ad to say it was fact, I could be guilty of defamation. Whatever the case, um, if I had a headline that was false, I could be sued for defamation. Actually, that's the guy that uh, accused Biden of being corrupt just got put in prison over that, the, the FBI whistleblower. Um, so there's already laws on this stuff. I don't want the government getting more more entrenched, as my brother always says, more entrenched. It's not necessary. So no, but out of the AI stuff, I get it, it's scary. I get that we want to, it's like with TikTok, we want to come out, we want to say, government, you got to ban this. This is a Chinese app. No, the government, we don't need the government to fix this. It is a problem. It should be addressed. We don't need the government to do it because once the government, A, never makes anything better, and B, once you give the government power over something, it never relinquishes that power. So if you're like me and you're freaked out about AI and you're kind of like, we got to do something about this, yes, but the government is not the answer. Um, so final video here. Um, <laughs> I had to cover this. Um, this was the video, for those who don't know, a cop... And they had a, a suspect in the back of their car, and as he's walking by, an acorn drops from a tree. He thinks he's getting shot at and starts unloading on the vehicle. There's two videos. I just want to show them because it's not only – it is hilarious only because no one got hurt, but these cops are absolute retards. And, uh, yeah, it shows kind of just the bad – <laughs> the bad training of some cops and how terrifying it is that some of these people have guns. So that's apparently the acorn. Just fire! 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 Just fire
Shots now, fired. why he's doing a roll, I have no idea. Shots fired. <laughs> Starts unloading the vehicle. Didn't you think it was weird that there was no glass broken in the vehicle? You're shooting at the vehicle, but presumably if he was shooting out, there would be glass broken. But either way, this is retarded because what you do, this is within 25 to 50 meters. It's what's called a close ambush. The, the best technique for that, if you're caught in a close ambush, is to assault through the objective. That, that's military training. I'm not sure what police training is. I don't. I, I know they don't probably get that training. But first off, you shouldn't be running away. That's not a good solution. Best case scenario, what you should do here is it's called return fire, take cover, return accurate fire. So if you think you're getting shot at, you think you know the direction in the military, it's like you take contact, contact right, contact front. You give people a general direction and then you start unloading in that direction. Then once you've laid down some quick suppressive fire, you take cover and then you fire accurately. So if he thought he was getting shot up from the vehicle, presumably he should have just started firing into the vehicle and then taken cover, probably behind that tree right there. But instead he does two rolls and then even though there's no glass broken out of the, the vehicle, starts unloading in the vehicle. It's it's retarded. And it's fun to laugh at this guy. Of course, I've heard conspiracy theories that he actually, this is the funny part. He thought he was shot, which I'm guessing is because when he did those stupid rolls, he hit a rock or a twig or something that stabbed him and he thought he got shot. I will say, we talk about women with impulse control. I, I'm, I'm good. I feel weird, but I'm good. <laughs> I feel weird. A lot of the right talks about how women shouldn't be cops. And, you know, I agree with that. But also, I think the standards should be much higher for men to be cops. This person has no impulse control. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I feel weird. Just leaving his mag on the ground. That's a big no-no as well. There's no blood, dude. You obviously didn't get shot. Ah. Like, this guy's a clown. I don't know. <laughs> I might have hit my vest. What a moron. Yeah, stay inside your house. I want to see if he ends up shooting anymore. <laughs> so let's look at what this looks like from the, the other direction. What? What? Oh. <laughs> Where? Right there? <laughs> I mean, this is like Jesse, Reno 911. Jesse, are you okay? Get in the house! Get in the house! Jesse! Get the way. Back. Terrible weapon safety rules. One of the main main things is knowing your sectors of fire. Know your target, what lies beyond it. He's just shooting through a glass window. I don't remember what was beyond that, but houses, residential areas. She's He's right there, and she's shooting at him. She should be pushing right, trying to get another angle so that there's a 90-degree offset. But instead, she, they're just firing at each other. And with that, ballistic-wise, that could easily around could ricochet towards him. He's far enough behind the target. <laughs> And granted, she's like, Jesse, Jesse, are you okay? <laughs> she just sees him shooting. She doesn't really know what's going on. Get in the on, house, Jesse. Also, drop get your back, papers, get back. lady. Where is he? 
<laughs> I'm shot. 43, give me traffic. Shots fired. Shots fired. I got a deputy down. <laughs> I got a deputy down. Oh my gosh. Off of McLaren. We're off of McLaren. Shots fired. I got a deputy down. Jesse, how are you? <laughs> Freaking morons, man. Shots fired. <laughs> We've already seen that. Uh, oh my gosh. Absolute morons. I mean, I'm not saying that that's indicative of all cops, but. I will say cops have very poor training. They don't get a lot of training and uh, <laughs> that's asinine. That guy should absolutely be fired. I think he resigned, but um, just, just a funny video. I had to cover it. I, there's nothing that interesting about it other than it's just funny and everybody was talking about it. And uh, yeah, I thought it was entertaining. There's been just a slew of memes of like, guns with acorns in the magazine and like people are turning into a whole thing it's pretty hilarious but anyway uh that is the show for today um yeah we went a little bit over on time but that's okay uh tomorrow be you know anything could happen but we're scheduled right now locked in for um 7 30 my time with natalie jean beisner um big influencer former actor on x and uh, should be a good conversation about the red pill, maybe some other stuff. Um, but make sure to tune into that, um, even if it ends up just being me. Hopefully not. But, um, yeah, we appreciate the support. And uh, as always, keep a book on your nightstand. Read it before you go to bed. They were smarter tomorrow than you were today. We got to We got to bed. We got to bed.